All right, let's go. Go ahead. All right, so welcome to the first episode of the podcast. We've got myself and Will here. We basically, we've, for the last like couple of weeks, we've been hopping on phone calls and talking for like two, three hours. So we were like, we may as well just record it, turn it into a podcast. And as well, yeah, we Instagram stories and like put a bit of a Q&A up and, and answer things that actually people might be interested in hearing about. Um, so what we wanted to do on this first podcast is go through basically who me and Will are, um, what we've done in training, our goals, that kind of stuff. And then a load of questions that you guys have given us on both of our Instagrams. We'll just try and get through as many of those. So if you want to just give us a little bit of information on, on basically who you are, Will, and, and go through that. Well, basically, I'm someone who absolutely loves training. Um, I, like George just said, we could spend two to three hours talking about one question, which... Uh, it's just, I think it's just where you're just, just literally passionate about it. And a kind of um, bodybuilding for me is something I found out through um, my good friend, Josh Bridgman. And uh, at the moment, I just said, I've really fallen in love with it. I love meeting people that has the same passion as me, someone who has the same drive. And I think it's really cool to do, um, do an actual podcast where, you know, say me, you, George, we're both the same age and we're both very young and our, like, well, our careers in terms of like, bodybuilding. And coaching, I think it's very good to kind of shed the light that maybe, you know, young guys like us can also be quite knowledgeable and help others too. We don't have to have like 15 year degrees from going to university or doing all these certain stuff to understand what the fuck you're doing. You know what I mean? We can kind of just go from there. Definitely. And uh, yeah, mate, to be fair, I just, I said, like, I love training, love doing the nutrition part of things. Um, and that's literally it, mate. I just I live I love watching bodybuilding whether I'll compete I'm not too sure but we will see we will see and I'm just very grateful that I get to, definitely to do a podcast with a, with a really good friend and all because you know I've known you for quite a few years now so good. I'm just really excited that we've got the same kind of mindset and it's just clicked so I'm happy man yeah so we'll also have got to plug the fact that he's an online coach which is like 101 for doing Oh, yeah, I'll do that as well. That, yeah. I do do that as well. And I also PT. I've left a lot of shit on there. See, that's how humble I am, mate. That's how humble I am. I don't even promote my own shit. <laughs> Thanks, George. That's all right. No, <laughs> I got you. Um, yeah, yeah, so cheers, I, I, I'm an online coach and PT, because it's important to get that one out of the way. Um, yeah, so yeah. I've, I've been a coach and a PT for just over a year now. Um, obviously, with COVID, it's been a little bit weird um but i've been bodybuilding training for four or five years now um being into bodybuilding with the aim of competing for a good couple of years um coached by joe ballinger um he's a real good friend of mine training partner um so it's, it's been a very very good journey um it's kind of like really dropped me very quickly into the bodybuilding side of things rather than just be like training to feel good um which is a perfectly good thing um but i was straight into like watching the the whole like blood and gut stuff the the team nasty and, yeah, and getting that's like, it, that's so. training straight away and that was where it was um from the off and and that's where i like fell in love mm. with training obviously very lucky like me and will will both say we're, we're very lucky to have a very very good almost like bodybuilding community very very local to us um obviously with mm. gyms like mj's the grow room um, there is a very, very big bodybuilding circle around here, um, especially with the likes of like Jordan and Corin, um, which is like Joe, Josh. Um, it, it's been very, very easy for us to get into bodybuilding, but almost like 
sensible bodybuilding um, and, and thought. Yeah, and you know what? Like the knowledge that you don't even have to ask those kind of people questions. You the the their knowledge kind of gravitates towards you because you go you go away and start finding out shit by yourself because you're so intrigued in how they yeah. do it. And you're you just end up learning yourself. It's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. You're in the gym having those conversations or, or you're like part of those conversations. And all of a sudden you're like, shit, I need to mm. know more about this, this, and this. And just being around those people, you just start to like level it up a little bit, which it's kind of like, I'd say is like fast tracked a lot of the knowledge side of things to, to where we both are. Oh, uh, 100%. Incredibly lucky. Yeah. 100%. Because yeah. the amount I've got, I've got on you, do you ever get like, do you ever get like DMs through it on the, on your, your, from your Insta stories? probably from your IGTVs, because the amount of knowledge that you do know, do you ever get like, hey man, how old are you? Like, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Then you actually say like, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, put like, up, we're uh, only like, say 21. And fucking, oh, it's yeah, I, I put up and then people Instagram like, like, like question thing. Yeah, I put up like an Instagram question thing, like a, almost like one of those get to know me things. Um, and one of the questions was like, yeah. how, old, how old am I? And I was like, 20, 22, 24, 26. And the most votes was 24 and 26. I was like, Sam, I think I got like three people that I knew, but 20. And I was like, well, this is great. I was like, I guess that's a good thing. Um, I might not be saying yeah, that when I'm really like, good. Even like I'm fucking 60, but it's all good. Hey, hey, but this is the thing though. When, imagine you in 10 years time, mate. You know what I mean? That's what's crazy. Good. Like if you look at the potential you've got now and with the knowledge you've got now, like imagine what you're going to be like in 10 years physically like mentally and from a coaching perspective knowledge wise yeah like man it's only onwards and upwards for us you know i, I think i feel yeah, but i hope so anyway i i get a lot of young people being like um and and like people that I've, I've talked to and used to train with and stuff being like do you think you're like looking too deep into stuff or or just enjoy the first couple of years yeah. of training and like get those newbie gains and stuff and then start to look into a little bit more detail so like, okay cool but like if I take it this seriously now and I get the knowledge now, it's like, right, when you suddenly start to look at the knowledgeable side and start to look at doing things properly, we, we might have three, mm. four, five years on top of that. It's like, okay, cool. Like then we're stepping up levels and okay. Yeah. It might be perceived yeah. as boring now, but I mean, it, it's going to get to the goals better and, and quicker. And, and that's the obvious, the dream. Yeah. You have to find new ways to, overcome little hurdles because you will get there it's only it's only a matter of time before those two years of like you know first two years of training where you can just kind of do anything and almost grow yeah. and then you have to start wondering okay maybe i should probably start eating right maybe i should probably start looking at the supplements what they do maybe i should start sleeping better maybe i should yeah. actually look at my training split how i'm training am i training a failure and maybe invest in a coach like george because he's fucking amazing i've heard reviews so yeah, um, that, bro. but it's yeah. like almost imagine if it's like the whole rebound thing out of a, of a prep you can kind of see it in the same way it's like if you take like that opportunity where you know you're going to grow very very well and you optimize that how much more muscle could you put on than if you were just kind of like letting it happen like the amount of people that come out shows and rebounds and, and they don't make the most of it they just go out and eat whatever they want and and within three four weeks they're back at pretty much their off-season look um, in terms of body fat levels, water retention, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Whereas it's like, okay, if you took this seriously now, it's like you could be, one, leaner and in a better position to grow muscle, but two, have grown more muscle over that period of time. It's just, okay, it might not be like the the scene thing of, oh, it's fun, just do, do what you want, enjoy it, and 
that kind of almost like sacrifice now will pay off in a, in a huge amount in the future. But then to a degree, like... It just like, takes the fast fracture. The yeah, fast fracture, literally. Fair, like, like, you, you could... You could... Go on, go on, sorry. I was going to say, like, you, you'll probably say the same thing, whereas, like, we do enjoy this. Like, most people say, mm-hmm. go out and go on nights out and party and enjoy yourself. It's like, we also wouldn't be doing this if we didn't enjoy it. That's a really important yeah. note. And, and I definitely don't enjoy partying, so yeah. I, um... Uh, it's, it's completely... Like, it's, 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 it's easy for me, right? So... Yeah, it just, it, it feels natural, and... Yeah, okay, sometimes every every now and then it's it's nice to to go spend time with people oh, you can do it in a 100%. way that's congruent with your goals, or you can just enjoy yeah, it yeah. and and with a load of knowledge, you can make it fit in and, and you can make it work and you know it's not gonna be detrimental. It's it's just about being being sensible and, and doing what you enjoy. Like I've I'll happily stick to a meal plan because I enjoy having the structure. That doesn't mean like that having a meal plan mm. makes you any bo- more boring like i do this without a coach like i like having that structure there it's same with like daily routine like it i prefer having the routine there i feel more productive in my life i, I feel happier like yeah. just enjoy it but that doesn't necessarily mean you're like a, a boring person or anything and that's something that definitely gets thrown around a lot mm. in like fitness it's like oh if you're not yeah like, and having a drink you're it's... a boring person it's like no yeah, and, and and you know what? Like, as much as I love, I think social media is great because it gives everyone a platform to speak, and I'm all, and I'm all about that stuff, your know, awareness and, and preaching and all that kind of stuff. But it, it does give access to people um, who have exceptional genetics and can just, you know, can literally just do what you said, mm. like freaking go right. out beach, have, go and get pissed up every yeah. single night and look amazing and. And those are the people who's getting 200,000 likes. And the thing is, those 200 people, 200,000 people who's liking that are thinking that they can do the same. And then they never, they always wonder why they can never get to that composition. It's because that person is just a genetic freak in the phenomenon and that you can't do stuff like that, you know? Yeah, genetic- you, you have to be a bit more mindful yeah, genetic- of what you're doing. You to a point, but at, at whatever point, whatever your genetic, like, potential is whatever your genetics is going to take you there's going to be a point where you have to suffer like and if you're not mentally used yeah. to that, like you can have fucking amazing genetics but when it comes to a prep and, mm. and it's hard and you're not used to the structure oh, you diet, said that. You said that. like yeah genetics yeah. are important but if, if you still don't have that discipline and that mindset and and all the stuff that like you have to have and you almost have to have more of without the genetics then it gets to a prep and, and you need to get like inside out and you can't, you can't mentally hack it. Um, and that's like the downside. Yeah, that you're yeah, 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 but all right. Nah, Cause you, you see so many people now, like when they go to competing and they, it, it's like, you know, they got really, really good genetics because you, well, I've seen people train like dog shit and I'm like, fair play, you look good anyway. But, yeah. and then they go to come to a prep and it's, it's like they're like 20 weeks out and like the, and they're already struggling like yeah. in terms of diet diet and like no this well it's either you need to get like sort your sort your shit out or like because it all this is just not for you because if you're 20 weeks out and you're like you're saying you're suffering then you're doing something wrong you, you, you know what i mean had to struggle properly and and that mental resilience yeah. isn't there 
All right, before we get sidetracked, and, and I think that's we should probably go into some questions because yeah. we can definitely. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we better, we better, Rad, because we're gonna get we're gonna get told off by loads of people if we don't answer these questions. So yeah, I know we we gotta go through at least more than like one question on this because I have a feeling that might. Oh, be oh, okay. Right, when you choose a question from, from Instagram. Right, what do, do, do you want me to start or you? Yeah, yeah. If you go for one, and I'll find one on my Instagram now, and we'll do that one after, and we'll we'll keep these okay relatively short. Like we'll go in detail, but relatively short. Oh right. uh, <laughs> god! Oh god! Right. Okay, and so I got a question. So, how to improve digestion? So, how would you go about if someone client went to you and said, George, um, you know, I'm struggling with digestion in the off season. And I, I, I don't know how to kind of fixate that kind of stuff. Like what kind of tips would you or advice would you give? Yeah. So first thing you'd look at is, is what's going on around their lifestyle. Um, their stress management as, as kind of a number one priority. Um, that is very likely going to be a cause if, if your stress levels are through the roof, your ability to digest, especially in an off season, large amounts of food is going to be dramatically impeded. Um, so that's typically yeah. where a lot of people fall down and that goes for whether you're in a cut maintenance or, or bulk. Mm. Um, this is kind of the thing that a lot of people overlook is it's very quick to jump on a supplement to try fix something when really it might be something else. So yeah. looking at where your stress is at, where your sleep is at, all that kind of stuff. Um, next thing you'd probably look at is the food. Yeah, exactly. Like little habit things that are going to make a difference with your, your digestion yeah. specifically. Um, and are you drinking enough are you drinking enough if you're not drinking enough then you're going to be dehydrated your body's not going to absorb the food as well it's not going to digest it as fast because you ain't got no fluids to flush shit around Mm. Um, so i would definitely recommend if anyone is to add any problems with digestion just make sure check your water first um you know maybe make sure you're getting at least four liters to five liters a day um that's just my opinion yeah. Um, and then maybe look at like the, um, the types of food. Is it like single ingredient foods? Because processed foods will wreak havoc. Um, you never know. You might be gluten um, gluten intolerant or wheat intolerant, barley intolerant. You know, so you've got these like other aspects you've got to examine. But the way I'd go about it, if that's the case, just do process of elimination. Just remove one thing from the diet. See how you feel. You still feel shit. Then you obviously know there's something else yeah. wreaking havoc. Then keep doing that until you start feeling better than you know what was causing it. You know what I mean? Which is why it's important to track your fucking food. Yeah, you know I mean, it makes a big difference. And that's why having a meal plan is a lot easier because you can pinpoint stuff better. Mm. Um, another way of doing that exactly. is something that's called a FODMAP diet. Um, so what you do is you essentially, you oh, strip, yes. yeah, you strip back your food to the basics. Um, FODMAP diet is pretty it's like pretty basic boring foods like it is literally just like mm. your chicken potatoes rice veg all that kind of stuff but it's very very low irritant yeah that's basically what we body anyway um, yeah. if you have digestion digestive issues on that you know it's then not your diet if you don't have digestive issues on that then cool you know that it was something in your diet and you can slowly start to reintroduce foods um i tend to recommend that to clients as opposed from pulling things yeah because you can kind of cut the digestion quicker as although it might not be as as like interesting and you might lose that variety you as soon as you switch yeah. to the diet if it is a digestive issue from food you cut it out there and then um and then you can start to reintroduce stuff 
Um, and that's always the way I've recommended to do it with clients and stuff that have had digestive issues. And like I said, if you still have an issue on that, you can then know that it's, it's either something to do with your lifestyle, whether it's stress management, um, whether it's like huge amounts of, of inflammation and, and like stress from training. Um, that can also be a big contribution mm. to it as well. Um, or then you may potentially have some other issues um, that need digging deeper into if you've got both of those in check. Yeah. Protein consumption. We had a massive, we had like a two-hour discussion yeah, we were, here with the other we phone. Were, yeah. this one, but yeah. We will go out to that. No that's, that's, that's a never podcast. No excess. That's a never podcast. That's the important one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. If well, you that much tomorrow. Yeah, that was good. That was like detailed. But how, much knowledge, how much did knowledge did we just give in the space of like four or three minutes? We need to get better at doing it like that and then our podcast will be fucking yeah. with information and not just like us going off on a topic. That's why we got to leave stuff like yeah. that protein intake topic. We won't touch on that one because that will just go on for a... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's leave that like That has to just be the whole podcast. So. Yeah, we, we might do a podcast specifically on protein intake and how yeah, yeah. you should not have that too high. Right, I'll do one from my... Mm. Um, if you could train with anyone in the world, who would it be? John Meadows. John Meadows. That was quick. John Meadows, um, Joe Bennett, um, and uh, uh, um, Mike Fanwick. Uh, and to be fair, I'm just a fanboy of Seth Rossi. I'd like to train with him. Antoine yeah. and James Hollingshead. And that's it. If, you, if I could train with those guys, I'll be happy. Oh, yeah, Fuad. So it's a mixture of different training I styles. Very, very I'm all for it. Yeah. How about uh, you? For me, probably be like uh, Dorian Yates, Anthony Bales, Leroy Davis. That would be pretty fucking good. Just get yeah. yeah, you, you, go, you, you go straight to the dungeon. Yeah, that's like fucking how much can you tolerate? Like that's real hardcore bodybuilding. That would be sick. Um, yeah. Keown, um, Keown Pearson. He would be an incredible... Oh, Keown Pearson. He's mad. He's yeah, mad. he trains very, very hard. Um, like very, very high intensity mm. as well. Like that some of those like American boys doing stuff out there, like, like Hunter Labrada and stuff like that as well. Like, I was gonna say Hunter fucking hard. Yeah. Um yeah, he's mad. Yeah. Yeah, so that would be good. Um I'm trying to think. Yeah, that'd probably be it. That's probably like my big list. Would there, would, would there be anyone, would there be anyone that may be out there? That is more just from like a fanboy standpoint that you would like to train with, just because it's it's them. Um, or is that, is it, or you've already named them? Yeah, that that would probably be it. Um, in terms of actual, like, yeah, I get what you mean. Um, maybe someone like Neil Curry, um, that'd be good. Um, I've looked up to like Neil's physique for a very very long period of time. He's got a pretty sick physique. Um, he trains fucking hard too, so that that would probably be a good one. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Obviously, someone like Chris. It's, it's, Tom said you just can't. Yeah. Not. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. It'd be silly not to it. Like him and Ian Val. Yeah. Imagine them two collab. Like and with that, like you know, collab yeah. with them two at the same time. Yeah, oh, that's, God, that's, be fucking insane. Um, and yeah, to be fair, same same as you like same with with Joe Bennett. Um, so Rough Diesel, um, Terence Ruffin. That yeah. Obviously, is pretty much mm. the same training. Um, but yeah, again, physique. You know, an incredibly long period of time. You know, you know what the quick answer would have been, don't you? 
Shall we just set the whole fucking pro league? <laughs> yeah, pretty much everyone. We might as well just set, just go train. Yeah, we'll just train with every pro bodybuilder we can find because that's just what we love. But I said we've been very fortunate because you said you've been brought up like training with Joe Ballinger, and yeah. Joe, you know, watching Joe Ballinger train is fucking, you know, like he, yeah. he's like a demon possessed. He's like fucking, he's strong as fuck. Yeah. And I've been very fortunate to train with Joe. So, you know, it kind of goes both ways. So yeah, I, I can understand why we'd why we would look up to those people that we mentioned because they have that similar kind of mindset. Yeah, it's it's like different training styles are, are amazing to experience. Like the way mm. that people like um Ant and Davis, uh, Ant Bales and like Leroy Davis and um like Dorian trained is gonna be very, very different to how someone like like rough rough diesel or um joe bennett are going to train yeah. but they both train with very high intensity and and that's the mm. thing that i think we both enjoy about training the most is is that intensity within the session that like just nothing else matters in the world just there in that moment in that session yeah. and yeah, yeah the, the way you can train can be different but that is the key thing that's there i think it's a big thing i don't like you but like would you describe it as more like an all or nothing kind of mentality? Like I couldn't go in and just be like, uh, I'm just going to half ass, you know, I'm just going to do 80% today. Like I just, I, to me, you're just like, no. Yeah. Why all or nothing. I haven't done deloads. I think I like, yeah. Like deloads. if I'm, if, if, if I'm going to, yeah. Yeah. Like they're incredibly. I'll just take time off. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like they're incredibly important and I can understand the volume. I possibly do devolve yeah. it. So one working set, um, still with the high yeah, intensity. Yeah, step up two. But like, I couldn't go in there and do like fifty percent intensity within a session. I'd, I'd just rather. That leads to another good question. Oh, this leads to another good question. I just got one coming from straight my head. I know people will be asking this. Yeah. Because gyms are reopening soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How should people approach training, going into gyms from the twelfth onwards, or people at Scotland? In 26, shout out to Jason. He's a legendary client of mine in Scotland. I was gonna say, well, um, but yeah, like, how, how would you, tenth. how would you approach it? Um, is it? Oh yeah, yeah, Wales. Wales, tenth, yeah. Eight, so, yeah. um, so first things is depending on what your training ability and situation has been throughout lockdown, um, is you potentially might want to go in with lower intensity. Um, if you've been training with very, very good equipment, potentially in a very close environment to the gym or, or something like that, you can probably just get away with getting back into it like normal. Um, yeah. But if, if you've been using like resistance bands and dumbbells and shit at home, take it easy. Um, I wouldn't say, yeah. yeah, I'd say that's probably the only time to, to drop that intensity, um, potentially stay away from failure for a week or two you want to do you want to uh, mm. make your central nervous system get accustomed to that type of training again um also yeah. your, your doms are going to be fucking crazy so if, if you just absolutely wreck yourself you're not gonna be able to recover like you you wouldn't be able to recover on your normal training split by going back in at normal because your, your body's just not gonna be used to it no no so, yeah take it easy and to be fair like I, I was I was talking to one of my clients the other day, and I was I was talking to him through WhatsApp, you know, just basically through voice message. And the way I kind of just laid it out was the first week of training going back, pick like the what just the, just on the broad scheme of things for everyone to kind of hear. I would just do four to seven, pick four to seven exercises, do one set on each, 
and maybe just leave one or two, you know, maybe one rep in reserve, right? For the first week. Second week, do the, do the same amount of sets again and go to failure. Then the third week, then start adding in your two, two, your two sets per exercise. Mm. Bear in mind all these sets being straight sets. Then mm. when you get to the fourth or fifth week, then you can on like, say two or three exercises, just start adding in like a rest pause, a drop set, you know, and that's it. And then before you know it, within five or six weeks, you're back to where you was strength mm. back again you know you you, you 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 retained all your muscle back whatever muscle tissue you lost yeah. and then your your body's just nice to slowly taper it up to it and then you can just kind of progress from there you know yeah yeah that's literally um to be fair i've said a pretty similar thing to to my clients um the way i've been doing it is they're essentially running the same training plans as they either were before they they were over lockdown um but yeah. The, the biggest change is that training intensity um like i kind of want to get them accustomed to a little bit more volume again so it's still two or three sets so they can just get used to doing yeah. a little bit more work in the gym um just because mm -hmm. they're in the home training the volume has still been decently high um it's the intensity that's had the yeah because i guess that's due to the lack of weight right yeah, exactly. So the intensity seen the difference, but the volume is still being quite high. Mm -hmm. So potentially in coming back into the gyms, they'll actually have a reduction in volume um, because obviously we know we, we then have the ability to, to train more intensely um, and we can recover from, from less volume if we do train intensely. Um, so what they're, they're pretty mm -hmm. much doing is, is going back onto their new plan, getting accustomed to new volume, and then that training intensity just starts to ramp up because that's pretty much the, the biggest difference in what's being missed. Um, whilst that intensity is coming up, they just get that time to get accustomed to potentially new movements or, or movements they haven't done for a while. Um, but yeah, mm. three, four weeks, you should be pretty in a pretty good spot. Um, just what, what I've said to a lot of people, and I know like for people like me and you, this won't be an issue, but don't let this become an excuse to ease off for too long either. Um, your body mm. ability to yeah, I agree. I agree. get accustomed to, to training hard is, is very, very good. Like, within two three weeks your your neuromuscular system is going to be in a place where you can train very fucking hard um so mm. if two if in two months time you're still easing back into training you probably need to have a word with yourself about how you're training um because you should mm. be 100 percent by then without a shadow of a doubt really unless oh, like an injury or something but that's very different yeah yeah i said i think we've done a really good job clearing up on that i think we've yeah. got we basically had the same analogy. So, yeah, yeah, I think we did a good job yeah. on that. Uh, I've got a question here. Um, and, well, it's basically, mate, would you ever consider competing? Would I ever consider competing? Yeah, I, I, I would. Um, I was three weeks out of a show at the start of lockdown, um, which feels like a fucking world ago. Um, but yeah, I was three I weeks that. out. Okay, man. You look really good, too. I was, I was lean. Yeah. Um, I wasn't like inside out lean um, i didn't need to be um i was doing a miami pro no. show so i just wanted to get on stage get some experience on stage really um yeah so yeah i was three weeks out from doing the the men's physique um at the miami pro show um so yeah competing 100 the goal now has changed a little bit um taking a lot of time off season goal is is looking at like 2023 potentially 2024 um as i'll still be a junior then which is weird um, yeah but yeah, yeah, which is mad, which is mad, which is why we got yeah. time, to, got time to play with. So. Exactly. So, so the new you might as well send it growing. Exactly. Like there's yeah. no rush. Um, 
I'd rather like the, the way my mindset is on this kind of stuff is I want to come on stage and be competitive. Like I, I don't want to go on there and yeah. make numbers up. Um, and realistically, if I'm doing classic, if I was doing men's physique anyway, I wouldn't be big enough. Um, there wasn't the size there. I like I was, I was 19. You wouldn't expect the size to be there, but there wasn't the size there. Um, so pushing an off season, just sucking it up, digging down and, trying to put on as much size as possible, um, ready for, yeah, 2022, 2023. And we'll just jump straight to two bros um, and look at, I think probably will be classic as a junior then, which would be pretty cool. What about yourself? Yeah, well, I said, man, like, you've definitely got that potential because, like, your your aesthetics, if you, just, if you look at from, let's say, your shoulder to your waist ratio, your proportions are very good. Yeah. It's, it's like, I think just for you, and for about. me also, just time, just time. Yeah, it's just a case of time. Time to get bigger, just mature. Yeah, mature muscle, and that's literally it. Like, and yeah. obviously, you know, yeah, we'll probably dive this bit onto a, like an air podcast, like the enhancement side of things. Um, but obviously, that's that's probably a stepping stone if you was going to take take this serious. You know what I mean? Yeah, that that's something you may have to. You you're probably more likely going to have to dabble into, to be honest. Um, but there have been phenomenons that can I mean, yeah, I mean do it like Bob Waterhouse um, Keown yeah. 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 Natural yeah, Keown um, um, I think Terence Ruffin at one stage wasn't he uh, I yeah, think he, I think he managed to get to like the pro like his pro I think he got his pro card natural but then he started taking I'm not, sure, I'm not too sure it would I, I think he I'm yeah, he would have had to get his pro card in bodybuilding because classic is he went straight in and yeah. started competing classic as soon as it opened. So yeah, he would have done it in yeah. bodybuilding, but definitely more than likely. Um, but the reality is, yeah, for for 99% of people, for us normal people, yeah, um, getting on the assisted route is obvious. Like it, it's like, there's not even really any questions about it. Like it's the done thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's another, yeah. you know, that's like the good thing with like social media now. Cause I feel like it, things are starting to turn like it like whereas before, you know, say if someone was taking enhancements, a lot of people would be like give that person like a lot of havoc, you know, and just tell them oh you're gear red. And mm. you know, I, I'm not saying it's like 100 percent like acceptable and it's a good thing to do, because yeah. obviously it's it's you know, it's still unhealthy, right? And yeah. it'll affect your health. However, I feel like people nowadays are very you can be very open about it and you can talk about it you can tell people how to do it properly and i think that's what's most important um especially like young people like us like people who are pros now like you know 10 years ahead of us yeah um or like yeah they've done some silly shit and you know they had to experiment and do some stuff and they can tell people like us the rights of wrong ways of doing it and and then we can tell younger generations from ourselves how you know just this knowledge of get out to be more better and keep yourself healthier in a sense and do it, do it correct. Basically, yeah. I think it's a very good thing. hundred percent. No, definitely. Um, I think it's also got to a point now where people have realized that while steroids help massively, they're not a miracle drug. Like you're not going to look yeah. like Chris said if you jab a little bit of test, like that's not how it works. No. No. Um, the people no. that still look good, still put in a crazy amount of work and discipline like you can put in gear and you can still look like shit like that's a very real thing um some people yeah. just want better to it yes some people get away with training a little bit more like shit yes and and it will allow that but if you want an incredible like a 
legit good physique and you're on gear, you still have to take your shit seriously. Like there is really yeah, even more so, even more so. Yeah, because otherwise, even more so. Like, why risk your health? Uh, Yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like that's like obviously. I think for all of us, we can all agree that taking enhancements is the last resort of anything. Uh, Not unless you like you. You generally believe like, look, I want to be on the Olympia stage. This is what I'm gonna have to do. Like, so you start soon. I understand that. Mm. Um, but if you're someone just you know like not looking to compete or whatever, then it should yeah. be something last resort, and it should be just from a personal perspective. Like I just want to be bigger. Simple, yeah. You know what I mean, just also, it, sounds, it sounds, but whatever. You know? Yeah, and also like you you have to have everything else in a good place first. Like the amount of people like mm, yes. on gear when their sleep routine is shit, when their stress management is shit, when their diet is shit, when their training is shit. Like. Um, before that's a consideration that you make and before you jump on you need to make sure you're in a position where all of those things are in a very good place for a long period of time yeah. like it's very easy to get your diet and, and your basically your shit in order for a week or two and be like oh yeah look i'm, I'm a bodybuilder i can do this and then jump on gear and then it fall yeah. off again um whereas like you have to be doing yeah. that kind of shit for for years um to really like yeah because really, really yeah, sure. like even if you feel if you're doing it for years, you know, if you actually manage to do it for say a year, I guarantee you would make decent progress. Just do, just doing those things consistently yeah. for a year, then it, you know you you wouldn't need to take enhance because you'd still be making progress. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely. when you've been doing it for say a few, one or two years yeah. that you, your, your progress you're seeing very minimal. Yeah. Like you're probably gaining two or three pounds. Then yeah, maybe you'd consider that. Yeah, like when you're nailing the basics when when strength is at a very high position and like you're in a position where you know your goals, um, you know, you're going to be using it. You know, you're going to be pushing for a long period of time, then it makes sense. And, and that's a, a sensible time to, to jump on it. But I think if you jump on it after first thinking about it, after a couple of weeks, you haven't given up enough thoughts and you probably haven't got everything else in place to warrant jumping on and, and having that health risk. Um, but again, like, it's an extremely personal thing. Like I know people that don't compete and will never compete that use it. But at the end of the day, like mm. I'd never say for someone to do that. I think that's a really bad decision. Um, like you can get mm. in legit good shape without it. Yeah. Like that's a fact. Like yeah, I agree. to go to IB, you do not need Anavar. Like you don't, you just need yeah, yeah, yeah. diet for 12. Yeah, just like, why don't you just hard? take like an extra 10 weeks of dieting and just do it without it? You know what I mean? Like, you probably wouldn't even need like it's, it's weeks, like just actually sticking yeah. to it and taking it seriously. Like, yeah, yeah, you can get in legit good shape yeah, quick if you just take it seriously. Um, but not everyone yeah. go with that approach, and yeah, everyone wants it like, like that, though, George. You know, what I mean, like quick and yeah. easy words, like, like six pack abs in like six six minutes, bro. Exactly, it's like <laughs> all that, like diet stuff. Is I love that. Yeah. The world, the world we live in, a little bit. To be fair, there was um, what's his name? Um, Evan Sensabani put up a post on Instagram. This is yes, old, like this is that animal pack post. He's like one of the realest dudes ever. Mm. Yeah. yeah, well, he was like the the basically the world we live in is is kind of fucked where everyone's got sugar free this diet this and it's like yeah okay they're useful yeah. don't get me wrong but realistically you just 
have to be uncomfortable and it is going to be shit if you want to do something like if you want to get good results whatever it is whether it's grow whether it's yeah. like get lean it, it's going to be difficult and constantly looking for a way to make it easier is is going to be selling yourself short and just sucking yes. up racing it is going to build more. strength as well as get you the results mm. so and i think that's the thing like when people get off a of prep or like um a diet and phase they um they think oh it's now off season so let's just you know do willy-nilly and just like fucking just totally bin- have a proper binge fest who cares you know let's have fun but you know i you know when someone's done an off season right like i said i sent joe um two days ago uh in in our, in our gym and freaking um sorry outside our gym and freaking you know you Pretty much, you can see him eating his food, and he's like absolutely just like, ugh. He's just shoveling it in. He's like, mate, I've, I've, I, I cannot eat anymore. But he's eating it from all clean foods. And yeah. people who say off season should be like easier, off season in a sense is actually harder. So, well, they're more. both hard. They're both hard. Yeah, it's just that you're just yeah. ones you're eating over excessive. Yeah, yeah one you're you're under eating. But the thing that's thing the is, only like, difference. The the harder you make your off season, the easier your prep will become. If you stay clean and, and you yeah. stay in good body composition, like you will not have to drop as much. Like I put up a, a transformation photo of, of three months difference from January to now. Um, it was about a week ago. And mm-hmm. I've only gained like, like to put it into perspective, I've gained like 20 kilos this year. Uh, in that last yeah. three months, I think I gained like two kilos, which over like yeah. speaking, that's fuck all. But you can see in the difference, like the body composition is completely different. Like there are no changes in that whatsoever. Like everything else was the same as it has been for the the couple of months before. No real differences. The only thing is we just tidied up diet to a T. Like it was it was the same as same as what I was doing. Like every single meal was was clean, whole food sources, um, and it was not fun. Like it it it's difficult, but my strength has blown up like it's never blown up my physique has improved like it's never improved like just my fullness and my look is is on a completely different level like i went from like struggling to press like the 55 like the 52.5s in like, october or something i got like two three reps on that for incline like i'm i'm pressing the 60s now within like three four months like just from tidying up food like there's not really been a huge amount of difference in what's gone in over that time period so yeah at the same weight but a bit more you know yeah and it's it's good good. good. yeah it's something that joe tells me a lot in our check-ins because i I know patrick tells him a lot as well is like the goal of of bodybuilding is to not be the heaviest person there or the lightest person there is to look the best Mm -hmm. like if you're staying the same but looking better and better and better that's good like that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. Yeah. But it's like we're that we're that social media nowadays, like oh, I'm this specific weight, I'm yes. that weight. So everyone should chase the numbers. Yeah. And you know, which actually makes sense, I think. Yeah, go, go on. Go, 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 Karen, Karen, because I've got a question which is gonna lead to this yeah. in a minute. So I was gonna say, like, you can tell, like, if you look at some of like the open bodybuilders who are like 300 pounds and like, yeah, fuck, they look massive. Then you look at some of the two on two bodybuilders, people like Sean Clarida. Sean Clarida on stage was like oh, 83 kilos, I think. I think he's actually 177. Yeah, he was like he was I'm like sure. or something. Um, yeah. and like he looked 
if you just saw a photo of him, you would think he looked up there with the 250, 300 pound competitors without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he's shorter, because of the way he holds his muscle, he's going to be lighter. But that doesn't mean he's not an impressive bodybuilder because he's lighter. He's good for... And that's why he won the Mr. Olympia. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You just have to have that away from what your weight's doing. And if you can look fucking good at a weight, that's the important thing. Like how you look matters more than what that scale number says. And that goes from both dieting to growing as well. Like Mm -hmm. the look is the most important thing. Well, what was the question? Oh, 100%. And I was going to say, because the question, this kind of question does actually stem from basically like people like always going by numbers mm-hmm. is that, um, you know, me and you, we both log, we both log our numbers in gyms, you know, so we know what we did last week and so forth. But someone's asked when to log and not to log numbers during a training session, because I, 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 per, I, I'm not sure if you might know what that means, but I, I can kind of answer that question. Yeah. I know. If, I you, know. if you don't know how. To. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Cause I was going to say, I think we've both had a very similar change in the way we've done this Um, from from speaking. Like, I think we've both had a very, very similar change in the way, way we look at things. So I'll I'll let you go for it. Right. Okay. So usually I will always track my, my heavy, my back offsets. Um, But anything that when it comes to like, say, Say if I'm doing a set of a heavy set of eight to twelve, I'm picking away. I'm not going to f- fail between eight to twelve, and I'm going to do two drop sets. I would only track just the eight to twelve bit for that specific weight. You know, what I mean, I'm going to fail in, and then the other two drop sets that come after, I ain't tracking that. The only bit I track a bit on it is just the weight, but I ain't tracking the reps because it's kind of impossible to imitate that every week to week. Yeah. And sometimes you'll come in and you'll do. You might get something that says superset. It's no point really tracking numbers when it comes to a superset because you're just gonna, you're, the goal is to go to failure regardless. Mm. And when you're doing supersets or triceps with some, some movements, you want to only just track the weight. And I think what this person is trying to say is, do you always have to track the reps? I feel like, you, no, you don't always have to track the reps. Only, only You don't even really track them if you're just a normal straight heavy back off, maybe a rest pause, so forth. But I think when you're doing like your drop sets and your supersets and your triceps, all these fancy stuff, mm. it's kind of impossible to keep track of those numbers because it's going to vary every time of week to week. And you've got to keep looking at it. You're thinking, why am I not progressing? Or why did I do so much more this week? Yeah. Even though I went to failure this time, it could have been so many variables going into it. You might have took a bit shorter rest. You know, you might have had a bit more food. You might have put those supersets early in the workout. So it's kind of like unrealistic to track them. So I'd only stick to your straight sets, like your heavy, the back off, and like a rep, like some rest pauses, and maybe some isolation movements that you do. So in your pec machines or you know whatever lateral raises, whatever. Um, but yeah, that's what that's where I'd go with it. Yeah. How about you? What do you reckon? That's literally the same. Um, same for me. Like, obviously, tracking weight is important. You need to know that you're progressively getting stronger in movements. Um, and literally it's, it's the exact same thing when you're looking at your more metabolic work, you can get away with not tracking it as much. Um, like when you've got so many different components going on within a set, it's hard to keep track of anyway. Like, um, like one of the things that, that Patrick's put in for Joe and and Joe's put in for me is, is something called timed aggressive sets. Um, so what you essentially do is wait. Yeah. You, you work for 
uh, a set of like 10 to 12 rest a minute working mm. into failure and then it's like 45 seconds 30 seconds 15 seconds five seconds partials drop the weight like amrap to to basically to full failure there is no way you'll yeah. remember all of those numbers within a set like that to be no. able to track it. it it is like you said and, and even if you did and even if you had someone there to actually count the reps for you yeah and you used to do the same thing as next week yeah you know like to be fair like you're you're you just said like when you get to five seconds you're gonna your goal is just to hit failure mm. literally just yeah. like failure and let's be fair we failure last week may look different to next week because yeah. every week you get well every session you get more efficient at training to failure you know what i mean you can um take more um uh, what's the word i'm looking for your uh you can take more um, lactic acid. Like you can use it. Like you can you can deal with it better. The build yeah. of a lactic acid, so that you can feel the burn. It doesn't affect you as much. You get more tolerable to it, so you can push harder. Yes, yeah, so that's why some most weeks. Yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. 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 So I think, I think that's good. Yeah. That's good. I think we nailed that. I think we nailed. That. Yeah. Like that is quite like we hear that question a lot actually, and I think that's a very good question. So. I think it is. No, I think we smashed that. Today, though, that you do need to logbook as well. Um, like, yes, I I did it for a little period of time where I just chucked my logbook away for a month or two and just trained to failure. Yeah. And my mental you start coming back to it. Yeah, my mental approach towards heavy sets was very different because I didn't have a number in my mind. Um, yes, failure is still yeah. failure, but when your mood and energy levels and like drive going into the gym is going to fluctuate quite a lot like just depending on life yeah. having a number in your head being like shit i gotta go hit this today is really really useful yeah. um and just the ability to track your progression is important like we know that one of the main factors contributing towards building muscle is is what's called mechanical tension so the amount of load you put through a muscle so that needs to be get progressively increasing to provide more and more of a thing mm. to grow more and more of a muscle. So it is something we, you still do need to take into consideration and, and definitely don't take that as like, oh, as long as I'm training hard, I don't need to log my numbers because it definitely still is important. And that's a mistake I made. I literally just got rid of it for like two months and was like, shit, I have no idea what I've been hitting. For hey, I've, I've done it. I've done it. And I'll tell you what, um, I, I did it just before this year um, came about uh, and I was, tra um, I, I told Josh, I, um, Josh would know, um, I, I didn't track anything because I just felt like I just needed, because before I met Josh, I was kind of just doing this high volume. I kind of more Jay, Jay Cutler kind of style, mm. but man, I was, I was already training to failure, but I was doing like 25 rep sets, you know, like loads of like stupid yeah, yeah. shit. Okay. I still made some good benefit of that, but Anyway, so I, went, I kind of went back to that kind of style and I noticed very, very quickly that it's that's only good if, like, say, two, two weeks, two, two or three weeks, you know, um, you, you could probably get away with that. But then, like you said, as you start to progress and, you know, you, 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 know, you don't notice as much change in your body and say you have to start tracking these variables because if you don't, then how do you know if you're progressing or not? Yeah. You know what I mean? And... Like, I don't know you, but I ain't no Jay Cutler. I, I don't freaking, you know, I don't have those kind of genetics. So I, I'd want to make sure I track everything yeah. to the T. Because like you said, because that way, you because you, you are going to have days where you feel like shit and you feel like, oh, I can't be fucked. 
but then it, you go in and then you know those numbers are there and you can't run away from them and you know if you don't do those that in your mind is like a massive regression so in your it's kind of pushing you like well fuck what how i feel how what my emotions being i have to go in and nail this because this is what i love and this is what i do and that's why we do it you know that's what that's the whole idea of like tracking stuff so you can got a good measurement of your progression through week to week yeah also like you can't then like as as a coach you'll know this as, as well you we use training and training performance as a huge indicator on what's going on with a client or with ourselves yeah. in terms of stuff like recovery capability yeah. um, in terms of stress management and stuff like that we know that if our ability to recover is going to be impeded in any form um, our ability to improve our training performance is going to be down and whether you're pushing into a like a prep or a cut um, or into an off season if you see that training performance drop off we know something's gone wrong um, like further up that chain yeah. you know, potentially like sleep might be off we know that nutrition and digestion might be off and without that actual like measurable log of, of what's going on with training it's very difficult to kind of see that as opposed to just having a client say or just feeling yourself of I'm not feeling very strong today because the difference between not feeling strong and not being strong is different. And, and one has yes. no real difference. If you're not feeling strong, mm -hmm. you're still hitting the same numbers. Life's good. Like mm -hmm. potentially you might need some more sleep. Like yeah. you might just be tired. Like it could be a little couple of things, but if you're actually just feeling like fucked and your strength is like way down, something's going wrong further up that chain that needs to be fixed and addressed. Matt, I 100% agree. And that's why tracking all variables throughout the day is, you know, just tracking your training is not always going to be good enough. You need to track, you know, what you're doing on the other 22 hours of the day. Yeah. That's that's going to have yeah. just as much effect on your training and your training does on that, those kind of things, you know. So you need to track everything based is what I'm trying to say, because the more you can track, the more you can understand if something does go wrong, you've got solutions, you know, you know what you have been nailing and you then you also know what you haven't been nailing and then you can kind of just go from there and then you feel like oh shit this is what's gone wrong i'm gonna i need to address this and then you'll start noticing things will start picking up again you think oh that was the reason why you know yeah definitely so, definitely um all right we'll go from let's say I've got, I've got yeah as I say, i've got a good one um how would you look to bring up a weaker body part within your physique Weaker body, uh, more. I'd probably do low volume, more frequency. Yeah, literally. That's literally it. I'd spread it. I'd spread the the volume out for that body part, and I would hit it more frequently. Mm. Um, so if we say arms, for example, because let's be fair, a lot of people maybe need to have more arms. Yeah. So, and this could go with doubts too. So let's say if we just talk, let's say we just talk about arms and doubts. Why don't we give arms and doubts pair them together on their own day? And then we can also hit a bit of biceps on the end of pull day and mm -hmm. then a bit of triceps on the end of chest day. And we can have doubts on the push, the push day, you know, and you then you got two days you're hitting chest and then you also got another two days hitting biceps and triceps. So, yeah. you know, just spreading your vol volume out across the week. Again, a split doesn't have to be across seven days. It can be across as long as anything, as long as possible. That's a myth. Mm -hmm. So just, um, you know, just find that... Uh, whatever body parts you feel it needs to be bringing up then i would that's what i'll do i just lower the volume down on those specific workouts and 
spread the the, the volume across the week, so the frequency is a lot higher. Yeah. Would you do the same or? Yeah, um, that was definitely that would be a big consideration. Um, one thing that I would definitely like, I'd probably almost look at this first, is your exercise execution around that muscle group and that connection with the muscle group. Um, nine times out of ten, people don't have a lagging part through genetic, or or they might do, but if you've trained everything with a high intensity and with a fairly balanced frequency you will not have a crazy lagging body part and potentially that exercise execution yeah. is something that is going to be letting you down. Like it's something that I've noticed, like my legs were never amazing. Uh, my legs were strong, but they were never big. And it's all right. Okay. Like, okay. Genetics might be a big part of this, but let's actually look deep into this instead of just blaming genetics. And I've yeah, changed up. Yeah. Like exercise selection. And for me more, it was actual execution and queuing. Like, I would yeah. move through movements and just try and get strong. And this kind of links into the logbook and you just being strong in a movement is not enough to have a big muscle group. Like you can yeah. full stack the leg look at like tempo and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Like you can full stack the leg extension and have shit quads. Like that is literally where I was yeah. and my strength was not reflected in the muscle that I had. And I was like, right, okay, I need to take a, I need to like drop this back a little bit and be like, right, cool. I need to actually, focus on connecting with the muscle like really making sure that, that i was contracting the quads hard putting pauses in the changing of direction focusing on slowing the eccentric and concentric parts of the movement all that kind of stuff made a big big difference and again like you said exercise selection mm -hmm. as well finding movements that not only connect better with quads full stop so adding stuff like yeah. squats and stuff into it um but also finding yeah. that biomechanically work with me better to allow me to challenge my quads. Yeah, that's, that's the big thing. That's the big thing. Yeah. Because I always tell everyone that you need to have an open mind because, like, what works for you won't necessarily work for me. You might feel a pendulum better than me. I might feel a hat squat better than you. Yeah. Whatever. Both work the same muscle groups. Mm. Uh, but it's just, again, it comes down to mechanics and you just got to gauge on what which one you connect better with, which one's more safer for you to yeah. perform with. And, like I said, like, one that, you're not feeling any internal stress from like some joints because i know there's a lot of movements like for me for example um a stiff leg deadlift i've only just like recently found this out but like that's probably not a good movement for me mechanically because i've got very tight hamstrings as much as i try and like stretch them out and you know do all that kind of stuff um i always find that an actual just a normal conventional deadlift is better for me yeah. Um, just purely because I like to bend my knees. And if I was even to set the the freaking the bar down on the floor and flat on the floor, I'd need to pull it on blocks to make sure that my back's purely level up. Yeah. Because if I just set it up I'm just completely on the floor with no blocks, mm. I'm actually bent down like that and I'm hunched over. See, that's, and that's you might be trying to do a stiff as well. Yeah. Not good. Yeah, my stiff yeah. legs are up on blocks, so I've got a flat back like. Um, like I've I've had it. Yeah, yeah. I've got a herniated disc, so I can't comfortably get into the same range. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I put mine up on blocks, and it, it feels amazing. And that's where like having an understanding of what that impacts on in the movement is important. Um, you can't just like start to change up an exercise without the understanding of what is going on and what's actually changing, because you potentially might be waking exactly, yeah. worse for yourself in the long run. Um, it's important to have that understanding, and, and that's something you got to look, look at because uh, when you know event 
you know, if you ever look at, say, if someone ever looked at you train and uh, or so when you PT and so when you're PT and someone, I guarantee you, if they was to follow you just do, doing your session and they say, George, why are you doing this exercise? Why are you doing that? You'd go, oh, I'm going to be working this. The reason why I'm doing this first, so it's not going to peak this next movement. I'm also going to connect me well, so I get better connection with my other following movements. You know, yeah. you, you got, you got like, you know why you're doing that movement first. You know why you got that one third. You know, a lot of people just do it just because it's that's what it says in the plan, and they don't really know why. Sometimes you need to have explanation of why you're doing things the way you're doing it. Um, so people can understand which is what i always recommend people you've got youtube you've got google like there's so many great people to look at like you, you got like john meadows you got like joe bennett you got the muscle mentors you got you got so many people that's pretty like teaches you how, how the body mechanics work with certain movements and why certain like, exercises go where in terms of selections uh, i think understanding that will not only improve your connection to your muscle but i think it will improve your physique because you'll be able to connect well you understand why you're doing it yeah or, and how to set up machine problem yeah or literally just having a coach that knows it too that's probably the easiest like there will yeah. be a huge amount like there's a huge amount of training things that that joe has taught me but having it without having mm. a coach, i would never have known that um and like yeah, that's exactly. probably yeah, one of the easiest things that you can do with it because they'll be able to give you a good coach will be able to give you considerations based on you as an individual. Like they'll be able to, to look at a machine and, and look at the way you're performing a movement through like form check videos or something and tell you adjustments to make based on how your body is moving through that movement, your biomechanics, your, your path of motion through that movement. A good coach will have an eye to be able to say like, okay, you might need to like put a D handle on this to change this up or, or you might need to potentially mm. like start to move away from the actual like chest pad or, or stuff like that. That is a very, very simple, small change, but the understanding behind of it becomes quite complex and uh, an educated mm. coach will, will be able to help you through that. Exactly why people like, um, like Joe Bennett, like you said, um, like John Meadows, like the muscle mentors, learning from them is another amazing way of doing that but you can start to learn from everyone's different point of view, not just like your own. Yeah, yeah. And then you can start to like, especially if you are becoming a coach, you can start to assess things differently for clients. Like if you're a coach and you just program like leg press for a client and that's all you give them, it's just like leg press two sets. You are leaving a lot on the table that could potentially give your client amazing progress or shit progress just based on what mm. they think a leg press should look like and how they think they should perform it as opposed to what you know should yeah. it should be looking like yeah like foot, like foot placements tempo exactly. you know, like stuff like that like holds at the bottom you're going to band it or, or whatever you know just so many variables that goes into it it's yeah. absolutely ridiculous but that's yeah that's why having an understanding and, and an education especially as a coach is is stupidly important and something that for some reason is quite overlooked um, it's getting better to be yeah. fair like it's it's becoming a thing that is more like like accepted and known is is individuals pushing education uh, and looking to improve their coaching yeah. from education as opposed to just like fancy marketing strategies um and getting more yeah, yeah. knowing your shit um, yeah yes and do you know what like, I, will, I will i will happily put this out there right now i think there's so many people out there and you know, like 
it might be funny for me, for my, maybe for me saying this, because, you know, we're very young and we're starting, mm. um, that so I reckon so, so, so many people are jumping on this coaching, you know, yeah. wagon now. And right. I, can, I, I can understand. I can, logically, I can understand you can earn a living from it, but it shouldn't be about that. Like, what it should yeah. be about, like, how I got into coaching was I was helping people for at the local gym just with their training, like just normal PT. And then yeah. I said, hey, man, I'll do your diet for you. And he said, hey, man, I'll actually start paying you for this. And I was like, well, shit, if I'm that good, I might as well start yeah. my own coaching fucking thing. So I started kind of, it kind of just happened, you know? Yeah. So you should, you should do it from the perspective that you enjoy and you truly care. And you know the people that um, you actually what basically want your money is basically because they'll always go up to you first and go, um, oh yeah, I, I want the money first, like kind of thing, straight up, straight out, straight out of the bag. Um, they won't they, they won't really talk about too much of what you want, your goals and stuff like that. They, you know, they, they don't really have much interest, especially the ones where they don't freaking, when you message them, they just give you like a short little answer. You know, it's not, it's not like, they don't like what you just said when we just talked about exercises and stuff like that. They don't give you like an in-depth yeah. reason or answer why we're doing the things the way we're doing it. Yeah. It's just they don't care and they just want to take the money. So, you know, be wary of that. And, you know, I'd, I'd, I would also say this as well, because you get a lot of experienced coaches saying that young people like us are jumping on the wagon. But what those people yeah. also got to say, realise is, is that they was young too. And they yeah. had to jump. They had to start at some point. So this is us just like we've been, I've been coaching about a year and a half now. Um, you've been about the same, haven't you? Yeah, just under, yeah. Is it about yeah, January. Yeah, so, yeah, so we've both been doing it for a good decent amount of time, and we both, I, 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 I'd happily admit, I've made, I've made little mistakes in terms of like you know, just mm. knowledge. I just, I just didn't yeah. have as much knowledge as what I know now, and yeah. I think we could have all agree on that. And the more our, your coaching will only get better the more you keep doing it. Mm. And if you're someone who is looking to get into this, um, I would really invest into other, you know, other people who do know their shit. Like you know, actually invest into like uh like people like say like Joe Bennett or like John Mayer's website or Callum Muscle Mentors or JP site, you know, there's so many like studies and um people that gives great information. Yeah. It's just whether you really have the time, it, it basically really if it just comes down to if you actually have the effort to actually soak it all in and actually apply it, you know. So the thing is as well, like for both of us, the transition into coaching made sense because we already were pretty into the fitness industry and we already yeah. had very good base level knowledge. Like, I think yeah. every coach will sit there and say they've made mistakes in the past. Like, that's a natural part of, of learning to become good at something. But the base level of knowledge that we came into it with, I would say, is pretty high. Um, from the people we spent a lot of time yeah, around, yeah. like we knew a good amount about training and, and nutrition and programming and, and mm. coaching. Um, whereas I do think now there is, like, like you said, like everyone has to start somewhere, 100% agree. Like not everyone mm. becoming a coach at the moment shouldn't be becoming a coach. It's definitely not like that. But I think you should spend yeah. a large amount of time learning the industry. Like, you wouldn't start servicing cars if you just fixed one issue in your car. Like you wouldn't become a mechanic if you just no, like no, exactly, headlights exactly. in your car. 
and it should be seen as a profession like that like this is this is where it gets like really and and it's a bit shit that there's no way of standardizing how good a coach is there's no qualifications there's nothing like yeah if, if you were going to see a mechanic you would go to see someone who really knows their shit and can do a job properly yeah. like you wouldn't mm. just like I said, you wouldn't have fixed a small thing in your car. Like if I can change the lights or something and you're suddenly a mechanic. Mm. And that's kind of what happens with online coaching at the moment because there's no regulations or anything around it. Um, you get people yeah. that have, have done a small transformation with the help of another coach and all of a sudden they're yeah. a coach and you're like, where the fuck has this come from? Like you follow yeah, 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 yeah. result, and all of a sudden you're a coach. It's like, whoa, that is a big jump that, isn't a sensible jump to make it's like as soon as anyone has any issue that is remotely different to what you went through what the fuck are you gonna do like yeah i know because <laughs> yeah, not everyone's exactly the same like i could do uh what 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 would have worked for one client and mm. apply that kind of method with someone else and they would not maybe get the same results and that's the idea of a cubby and a coach you're meant to suss that out yeah. for them and then when you do, then you you know, also you drip feed them every week to week, and you make sure that they're following like, this continued trajectory. You know, slowly increasing progress like that. You know, and I just think, yeah, it, it, it's kind of hard, isn't it? Because like you could also make the argument that they're also starting out too. You know. Yeah, that's what so, I mean. Yeah, you know, they're just trying out. That's what I think. Yeah. But I I think the best way of knowing, because I don't know about you, I've got all my I got all of my clients through my stories and through my posts. Now, I reckon that's purely because they could probably see how passionate I am about my nutrition and, and the training side of things. So they can kind of tell. They know what they're getting themselves into. Mm. And I think that's why people can be invested. And I know with like, because you got some, some of your clients are through PTs and people can, when they're in person yeah. with you, people get a good idea how passionate you are about it. And I can, and I'm, honestly, I've trained with you before and I know how passionate you are mm. when it comes to training and your training intensity. So I can definitely tell that when you have clients that they definitely see that without a shadow of doubt and they think, fuck me, well, I'm going to go with this lad because, you know, he knows what the fuck he's on about, you know? So that's definitely the important thing. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. yeah, I think that and, yeah, I think if you are a new coach starting out and or a new PT or, or anything, like focus mm -hmm. on education over building a client base. Full stop. Like, yes, yeah. The, the difference it, the clients have come after exactly like for the last like like for people that don't follow like for the last like three months ish i've been pretty off instagram like i haven't really been posting much like i've been spending a huge yeah. amount well, we of time. Have, we? Both. yeah we've been spending a huge amount of time focusing on education and and learning and yes. as a result my clients mm. have got better progress than ever before like some of the client transformations mm. i've had are amazing the team's doing incredibly well as a result, the, the knowledge and the advice I can give people is on another level. And as, as a result, like you, you build a name for yourself for being good. And that's a hugely important yes. that, That's something that means you will be a long-term coach aside from getting some clients and having six months of being like, oh, okay, I can do this coaching thing. And then as soon as people realize you don't yeah. really know what you're talking about, you're going to fall off instantly. Like you can either play the game of, mm. of being very, very good, getting good results and retaining clients and picking new clients from word of mouth like that. Or you can just do the Instagram marketing. Like I need to get as many clients in as possible. 
half of them drop off and you're like, shit, I just need, and you're, you're all you're focusing on is in and out. The clients aren't really getting the same yeah. attention. And yeah. that's when like that and coaching becomes less long-term. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it, you do see that a lot. Like our uh, six weeks transformation, join this and, I don't know, man. I just, I, I, I personally feel like if you, if you really wanted to be coached, then I wouldn't have needed to post that. You know what I mean? You would have just come and messaged me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I think it's good to start, um, plug, plug that you do do coaching. I mean, once a month that I'll do it on my stories at a random time, I'll just say, if anyone's interested in coaching, I'm always available, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think when you, it's, it's every fucking day, it's like it's kind of obvious, like you know, it just it's just a, a money making fucking scam, really. Yeah, I what I do is I just they, I know exactly what I do because I've I actually knew knew know people who I ain't gonna say no names, but I know people who's actually been coaches, and they showed me yeah. So you 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 probably heard this before, but they showed me like some of their plans and what, and I've seen their training plans, and I go, oh, I guess that's just the one client, is it? And he goes, no, man, no. I said it's great. He said I can just fuck it. I can just I can just uh, get rid of the name, and just put fucking uh, and just put like their names on it, and then just so basically you give them the same plan to everyone. And he said, yeah, I'm like sick. <laughs> You're a good coach, mate. <laughs> Save me for personalized coaching. Yeah, that's not good. That's definitely out, bro. Uh, that, that's that's something that happens. But to be fair, what you said was right. Like I don't know how much you like listen into like social media stuff. Like I used to do it as a job, so done like quite a bit of it but a guy called Gary V um he's got a book it's called um jab jab right hook yeah. basically what it says is, is what you've done is you need to be providing constant value and eventually once you've given out enough value once you ask for something so you promote your coaching people will so, go for it because they genuinely are invested in it yeah like it's not like a sales yeah. ploy you're not like just no. people that aren't interested and just taking their money and they'll drop off quickly. But that's not, that's not the game. Yeah. Putting out constant value and then eventually being like, oh, okay, yeah, if, if you're interested, I do do coaching. Then people are going to be way more likely to, to get involved in, and sign up with you. So from like a social media perspective, that's definitely, definitely a good thing to do. Awesome, man. I was going to say, I've got to take you way back now. We're, we're going to test your uh, memory. Oh, God. Okay, we're going to test your memory. So, someone's asked, when did you both guys meet? So, what's the base? How did we both come to meet each other? Um, probably would have been. I'm pretty sure a video shoot for Josh. I'm guessing. Yeah. That's because yeah, like yeah. I we used you used yeah. to train in Stroud. I was obviously yeah. train like round where I am in Cheltenham and like MJs and stuff um but yeah like i used to do so for anyone that doesn't know i used to do video work um i used to do videography did a couple of video shoots for josh um yeah and yeah and that's why and that's why yeah. IGTVs are fucking amazing bro yeah see it's that's why like content creation's there and yeah so but yeah um that's i'm guessing that's right Pretty sure. No, that's pretty bang on, mate. It's bang on. You got to hit it down on the edge. And then we had a, I think we had a training session a few weeks after. Yeah, I think it's that one where we took we took a picture of yourself in the one mirror, didn't it? Remember? Yeah, I was. I was. I took. I was lean. I took the picture. Lean for. Yeah, yeah, and that was that was back in my blue hoodie days. 
That was back in the blue hoodie day. Oh shit, yeah, and the grey joggers. I, <laughs> I still got that hoodie. It's a good hoodie. Yeah, yeah, it's got all Yeah, I was yeah, yeah I was okay. leaving. I was, I was just about to go on holiday, I think, off the top of my head. Yeah. Um Yeah, actually, I think it was the what it was the holiday where you were um fucking hell. I, I think it's the one where you went to go do skydive. I went, out of play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I went to Turkey. That might have been. I might have been it. Yeah, I was pretty, I was like somewhat lean for that. Not like stage lean, I was like holiday yeah. lean. But yeah, that would probably have been it. And then train together a load since and just goes from there. Yeah, yeah, man. We've had some really good sessions, really good sessions. It's going to say, do you reckon you'll ever have a make, have your own YouTube channel? Because that's another question someone's asked. Question. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, that's the plan. Um, it's actually something that I've been talking to a another coach um someone i've been training with about um mm. potentially doing some some video stuff with him um and then start to just get another videographer involved the, th the thing with me is with everything that's going on and, and making my own content and where coaching is and, and having pt at the moment as well is everything is very very busy so filming and editing my own youtube would be a lot at the moment um so it is a case a videographer, yeah. Um, like it's it's something I want to do without a shadow of a doubt. Um, but yeah, it's it's a case of finding someone that, that will do it. Um, I think we might have someone to be. Yeah, I must admit, I'm in the thing. Might be coming soon. I'm in the same yeah. Thing. It's it's a it's lot just, uh, for me. I think like you said, if you spend too much time, like if if, if that was just your job, just content creation, creating, and like you wasn't doing any coaching, wasn't doing no P PT, because we're both doing the same thing, PT and coaching. So, and if you were starting to do like video in for you know, like pretty much ever stuff, training footage and all that, it's yeah. so time consuming that, and all that time you're wasting on that is time you're taking away from your coaching, and that would take an effect. You know, what I mean, take a huge impact. And so, I think like for us, it's just the fact of. Um, getting a videographer really and i think that will just come just purely when we i think financially it's it's ready and to be fair like i'm yeah. i'm fortunately i'm very I'm, i could probably do it to be honest but i'm, I'm very like because i've not I'm, I'm someone who's come from like uh, a background that i don't really have a lot of money so when i do actually get some money so i'm up. very conservative yeah. Yeah. i'm very safe with it so I like to make sure that I've got a huge bracket above it before I can start investing in other things, you know, because yeah. I'm always afraid that I'm all going to be broke. <laughs> and I don't want that. You know what I mean? Definitely the sensible way of doing things. I'm like, for me, it's, it's I always try and put investments back into what I'm doing. Um, that is something that yeah, yeah. is always considered. Um, so for me, it would just be a case of, of finding someone that I could work with long-term that would be able to like get a quick turnaround mm -hmm. on videos and just finding the right person um to be able to do it consistently with um like i said i, I think i found someone I've got another really good friend who's, who's an exceptional videographer and might be able to do the odd thing with him um and that would be like incredible production content like um but that would probably be a, a very rare occasion thing so it's just finding that middle ground of just sorting it out sorting the logistics out but for me at the moment it's just getting back into the gym and start filming just sessions like just literally like even if it's on my phone just getting training content back up again because that's always gone really well for me like people always like seeing and it's probably the same for you like people like seeing the way we train um because of the way yeah we train. yeah 
So and it, I, I, I think that's the content I literally just stick to and all because yeah. you know, I, I don't. There is, I think there's all the only really people you can really look to actually really do train to failure is like your typical pro athletes. Yeah. Um, but like you don't really see many like, like, like really, really like youngsters like our age tra- uh, trying to train like that. And I think maybe yeah. putting a camera in front of that and like showcasing actually like, you know, this, these are what these, these are what the pros are basically doing. Well, what at our age because like 10 years ago doing the same fucking thing yeah yeah like and i think this is what you have to do just almost not just like the the side of things where you're like training to failure like training to failure is important don't get me wrong and like it's not easy but the real like difficult thing is taking a set past failure in a sensible way like you, you, you know what I mean by that. Like a lot of people can, can very, very easily take a set to failure, but anything past that is suddenly a struggle. Like it's, that's where real true training intensity comes from. Right. We'll just do one more question then. So, um, I, this is a pretty good one. What got you into bodybuilding itself in the first place? Like not training or anything like bodybuilding, bodybuilding. Um. Uh, fuck sake, I'm gonna sound so gay when I say this. Uh, probably uh Josh Bridgman. Um, I have not many people know this story, but like when I was at secondary school, because obviously his mum was his head te- a head teacher at our school, right? Oh, and I remember she had always she used to be like a supply teacher, and she took over one of our sessions at one stage, and. I never knew. Josh was like, he's probably natural at that time and probably just started competing. Anyway, she was showing pictures of all these ever young girls of him, you know, kind of thing. And all these girls were going around the phone like, oh, he's so hot and all that shit. And you can see like some of the lads going, oh, he's taking gear and all that shit. So anyway, uh, I I remember fucking, it was like a careers day and a PT came in. I was like, fuck me, that guy's pretty jacked. I want to look like him. And basically, long story short, um, one of the one of the actual PE teachers who worked there said that I looked like a, a pig, pretty much. He said I could never do it. So I was like, well, you, so you know how how I am. I'm like, fuck you, and I don't want to do it, you know. So I lost, I, I lost a shit ton of weight as well. And to be fair, I actually thanked the guy. I actually thanked the guy. He did basically put a boot up my ass and like, you know, kind of kickstarted it. So um, I started when I started losing those weight, and I thought, oh shit, I could actually probably put some muscle on. And then have you ever heard of that YouTuber, uh, Mike Chang? Nah. He's like an old YouTuber. ER, mate. Oh, well, anyway, I, I used to watch his workouts and I used to start doing it. And then I actually invested my first mo- uh, you know, money I ever earned to go and tr- uh, train at um, Griffin Mill. Yeah. And that's where Josh worked. I didn't know that at the time. And obviously, I was one of like one of those guys who's gonna go and say, "Hey, I know your mum from freaking school, isn't it?" Like, <laughs> I didn't want to come across weird, so yeah, I didn't say it. I didn't say it, but um, he, I think he kind of noticed that I trained hard, and then I, uh, and you know, I know obviously, he, I definitely noticed he trained hard. I didn't know he had a YouTube channel. I started watching um, his videos, and then he started offering to co- me to come train with him. And then I kind of learned, that's how I got into bodybuilding. I learned bodybuilding from him because I didn't know what a macro was. I didn't even know what bodybuilding was. I didn't even know what competing was. 
yeah. You know, I just thought he was just a model at one stage. I thought he was literally just straight up modeling. And um, yeah, and fucking, so that's how I kind of got into it. So it's kind of ironic, really. It's kind of like, because it, it's kind of strange, because when I was 12 and, you know, I was in that lesson, right, and his mum was showing all the, in, his pictures to his other girls, it's kind of ironic, like six, eight years down the line that yeah, I'm yeah. really good friends with this dude, you know? Yeah. And I didn't even know him at the time. And it's like, it's kind of crazy yeah. how life just happens. Like that. Yeah. I mean, how, how did you get into it? Crazy story. Pretty similar, yeah, pretty similar story to be fair. Um, I mean, like I always used to train, I used to play rugby. Um, so I always used to train for rugby mm -hmm. and I got a load of injuries. So I started training in the gym as opposed to playing rugby. Um, I started powerlifting um, and I was pretty strong. Uh, when I was 18, I had some pretty mm -hmm. good numbers. Um, and I like I basically I broke up with a girlfriend like a relationship ended with a girlfriend um like a long-term girlfriend and it literally happened that Joe was running a 10-week challenge or something like that um and I jumped on that I was like you know what it's like sometimes when you're just like fuck this I need to change everything like I need to sort my shit out I need to yeah. do this. um and I was like I just want to do something different I want to like actually just like step shit up um yeah, so jumped on board with Joe. Um, this would have been start of 2019. Like I said, already powerlifting, already training. Um, I was tracking my food for a very long period of time. Like the basics were there, um, and and the fundamentals were there. I was I was strong. So um, we essentially did like a body recomp. Um, ended up going really really well. And Joe put up an Instagram story, being like, because um, obviously like for anyone that doesn't know, like me and Joe are very like live close to each other. Like this, we train together a lot um and he was like someone come train legs with me and like me being a fucking 18 year old who'd been on with him for like five six weeks i was like fuck it yeah i'm doing it so i went and trained legs with joe um he said but knows why but he said yes um and yeah we got a session in um yeah. probably one of the best sessions um I, i've done it was, it was good like and from then me and joe just ended up getting on really really well the more video stuff and content stuff i was doing the, the more and more we were like talking, we, we ended up like spending spending more time together. Like I was helping him with some video content and he'd like help me more and more with training and stuff like that. And, and he'd give me like a load of advice on, on what to do and stuff like that. Um, I eventually ended up, this was like then nine months, 10 months down the line of, of us, like just, yeah, just chatting all the time about, about training and, and him helping me improve my training, obviously still being coached by him. Um, I went to one of his shows and filmed one of his shows. It was the British in 2019. Um, and oh. I watched that. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Yeah, the Watford, um, the British finals yeah. at Watford. Um, went and watched that. Um, after I saw that show, I was like, like I want to get on stage. Like, I want to do this bodybuilding thing. Like, obviously, seeing Joe get up on there and win it was, was amazing. Like, seeing everyone support him and stuff, I was like, fuck, like, that is sick. And then watching the pros come and do it because it was the pro show as well. So, seeing like James, yeah. um, Nathan Dasher, Samson, like, that was like, holy shit. I was like, that is what I want to do. Yeah. Obviously, like, started to look into it like a little bit more in the competitive side of things. Realized that, like, the goal for me for a very long period of time was men's physique. Um, so I was like, that's what I want to do. And then obviously it just, just kind of went from there. But yeah, getting on board with Joe was massive, obviously with the help he gave me. And then going to that show was when I was like, that was when I was like competing is for me. I was like, that's when I was like, I want to fucking yeah. get on stage. Um, so and yeah. do you know what? Like, I, I, I feel like I, that'll probably, what's probably going to happen to me. 
never seen a show like actually there in the flesh in um, I'm going to go and support Josh when he gets his, like, you know, hopefully, we, we're, well, I think he's going to get, I'm pretty damn sure he's going to get his pro card this year. Yeah. And it'd be so great if he does. And I, I'm pretty sure I, I might get that feeling also, but we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see. But we'll watch it. That's really cool though, man. I just wish it was me up on stage. That's literally what it was. I was like, like I can imagine doing that. I was like, that is, yeah, I was like, that's it. Like, you just have that moment where you're like, that's what I want to do. It's weird. But yeah, that was, that was it. It's almost, yeah. like, it's almost like you need to, you just, you just need like that little, that little, um, those little seconds of it, of that experience yeah. to really actually push you over and Make think, real. fuck yeah, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, which is, I think, the biggest thing. I'll try and think of it now, and I'm like, I, I, I don't, it don't seem real to me for me, like me doing it. But mm. maybe, maybe seeing someone I know dearly and yeah. really good friends with doing it, and and seeing it in person. I may change my perspective and you know may change me and I maybe go I might I might have got to you George hey George you never guess what bro I'm fucking doing it let's I'm go <laughs> yeah I'm starting prep now I'll see you on stage brother you better fucking bring it you know what I mean yeah man mate fuck it out I think yeah I think that'll, that'll, sick. that'll help um I think that'll help a lot like it will just give you that it, it literally is it's like the vision of doing it in like that's why like yeah. you get you want to get on stage to get the experience of getting on stage and like have it as a motivator like yeah. I really understand that like that's why I was going to do the Miami Pro show um yeah like it just makes it more real for you like a clearer goal if that makes sense mm. yeah that I, I get it I get it and I think that's what I was just waiting for I'm I'm, I'm in that, that station where I'm just I'm just admit at the moment I'm just pending I'm pending. I'm still deciding. Uh, you know, but yeah, I'm not too sure. And I think just having an experience like that would probably yeah. would probably lead me one way. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. To go maybe doing it. Yeah. And I think that I just need to experience that. But I'm really looking forward to seeing that show anyway. Um, and I said I'm looking forward because Joe Joe's competing at the end of the year, isn't he? So which which show? Uh, he's competing on June the sixth, but he's also got three or four. Um, I think he got three lined up after that. Wait, is he 10 uh, weeks out? So he, is he 10 weeks out? Yeah. I think, that's I, I think he's doing, doing it. I'm not. I think he's doing the same Yeah, show I, I can't remember what the name of the show is. Because um, me and the lads are going to go and watch it together. Um, yeah. Ethan, the Neverlad, a good friend of mine, Ethan, has just got the ticket. So yeah. we're going to go and watch it together. But I, can't, I know he's got three shows planned straight after that. Because obviously this, this the, the one he's going to do is a pro qualifier. Because you've yeah, got to qualify to then do them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think Joe's got to do that also, aren't he? Yeah, um, I can't remember what shows Joe's, Joe's doing later shows though. Joe's looking at like October, yeah, yeah, uh, it's yeah. like October, isn't it? Or like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, because I think we've got two months last year, yeah, 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 yeah. Still, still time, um, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be fucking good, man. It'll be, a, it'll be a good season, sure. very good to see everyone competing, mm. everyone that's been getting ready at the moment, yeah, man. see them all on stage, it's gonna be cool. It's going to be cool. I mean, yeah, man, you ain't, you ain't, man. It's, it won't be long before you'll be on stage. Yeah, we'll be fucking you, you know what I mean? Man, that's going to be exciting. Like, I'm, yeah, and I'll have to do the podcast by myself because you're lazy out to get fucking on stage. Man, we'll do it on prep mode. Should be like half asleep, but we'll still do it. Yeah. We'll still do it. You could do like a prep series as well. Do like a prep podcast series. To be fair, that's probably, that will be something that happens. Or like even just a prep YouTube series or something like that. Just 
keep the content going. Yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying doing all this content yeah. stuff now. So it'll, it'll be good to keep pushing. Yeah, it. as I said, man, I just, it's, it's just really nice to do it with someone that's like, I mean, same mindset, yeah. same age and just like it, it just made it just clicked everything just easy it's like more i find it really easy talking to on your own it's so easy yeah it's it's way uh, than a podcast on your own fuck that yeah maybe not yeah especially when you go like that you're pausing like uh you know what? like it right. just don't sound good does it nah yeah definitely yeah. Right. Just seeing as that's i, been, I think we smashed this first one no as i say we've, we've done think, pretty well i think we haven't got over too much i think that's yeah. been about an hour and a half ish so I think we've done. Yeah, a and, we, and we managed to get, and we managed to get more than three questions done. Yeah, we've we've we kept answers pretty short. There were some answers where I was like, "Fuck, we, we did well on that." I was expecting it to be a lot longer, but now we've done well. Um, but yeah, you guys, yeah. if you like the podcast, if you want us to have any specific guests on, if you want us to talk about any topics or do more of this like Q and A kind of thing. Um, then let us know like either drop myself or will a message and we we enjoy making this shit like this has been fun sitting yeah. on the chat with will for, for this amount of time so if there's anything it's you want this is it's just literally like no different to how it would be if we was in the car just yeah. speaking to each other on the phone this is literally what we would talk about anyway so it's yeah. no different if you give us topics that you want to hear about then then we'll just do the same shit as we yeah. normally do and just record it and talk about it um, but yeah, hope you guys enjoyed it. And, and like I said, let us know if, if you want to see more of this kind of stuff or if there's anything you do want to see.